Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! What's going on, Saints fans? We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak coming off a tough loss in Houston. The horrors in Houston ahead of Halloween, I guess you could say. Uh, it was a, a horrific outing, Jeff out there in H-Town. How is your overall, I guess, the trip is pretty simple and easy, but just the overall layout and how uh, how your time was uh, besides an awful game. <laughs> I didn't get my mic pack caught on anything, so <laughs> that's the best thing that happened to the Saints uh, uh, on Sunday is I didn't get in the way of anybody, although I did get punched by a cheerleader because um, they, they, they don't pay attention to their surroundings and then they're like, H. And I got I got a pom pom in the chest, but uh, you know it's not not as bad as Derek Carr. I didn't get the wind knocked out of me or anything. We could talk about that too, but right. yeah, that was ugly. It was it was ugly. You know, the trip itself was great. I got tacos. It was fun. I went to a place called Biggios, which is the yes, the baseball player. Because I have this thing where I, when okay. I go to cities and there is a restaurant that is, you know, fronted by a 
professional athlete who was big in the area. I like to go. I went to Bobby A. Bears. Like I went to Deuces when I first moved to New Orleans. It's just a thing I do. So I went to Biggio's, but it ended up, I walked like a mile and a half to get there. And it ended up just being like the restaurant in um, the Marriott. Okay. So it was very, it was just hotel food, but it was, it was good. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's the high point of that trip for me. But yeah, this is a podcast. We're going to talk about the Saints. We're going to get into what happened on Sunday, Houston and New Orleans. The Saints lost 20 to 13. This is kind of our post-game pod. We, this is a compressed week, so we've had to kind of adjust our schedule. Normally, we'd have recorded this earlier in the morning, but instead we waited because there's an injury report that came out today. It's Monday. It's estimated, but there's a lot of big names on it. So in this first segment, we're going to kind of react to the Saints-Texans as it was, <laughs> our takeaways, why everything is miserable and 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 how you know this is the worst thing that's ever happened. It feels like it right now. Uh, a gut punch on a, on a Monday. It feels a like a gut punch, if you will. Uh, a Derek Carr flak jacket gut punch. <laughs> but yeah, second segment, we're gonna get into that injury report. Kind of what's what's on it. You know, the Saints are in dire straits to say the least on the offensive line. I don't know who's gonna play right tackle this week. I don't think they want to put Caesar Ruiz back out there. <laughs> they didn't want to do it on Sunday. Uh, so I don't I don't know, but. We'll get into that. And then the final segment, we're going to do a mailbag. So if you're watching this on YouTube, throw your comments and questions in there now, and uh, we'll get to them in the final segment. We're going to try to keep it, keep these two segments reasonable so we can do a long mailbag uh, on the back end because I know people have a lot to say, and I want I want you to get your uh, your stuff out there. But, you know, first things first, Steve, what is kind of your your initial reaction to that game? It was just unpleasant from start to finish. Everything that we saw in weeks one through four with the red zone issues just came right back. You, you know, you thought, Oh man, they finally turned a corner. They figured this out. Nope. Um, but yeah, what did you, what did you think of that game? Well, one, the Houston Texans are way better than new, the new England Patriots. Well, that's that, true. Yeah. That, that's, that's a fact, Jack. There might be 31 NFL teams <laughs> that are better than the new England Patriots. Yeah. Just seeing a team that, you know, we, we've heard a lot, obviously, how D'Amico Ryans has the unit playing. Definitely a, a, a team that gave it their all. A tough, tough squad that we knew going in was going to be uh, one of those quote-unquote dogfights with. Just again in the trenches, being unsuccessful was a big letdown. And really, Jeff, that moment that my face when that interception, you hear Zach Bond with the interception, and I'm like, holy crap. It happened. And, and and then like almost instantaneously it, it was taken away and sucked out. And that feeling just lingered. That that feeling lingered the entire game, I feel like. Even when there were moments the Saints looked like okay, they could, you know, jump ahead here. It's still just it was like what else could go kind of wrong thing. And to me, yeah, the fact that you bench your your young left tackle that you're trying to develop. And then suddenly, bam, the guy you're replacing him with gets hurt. And you now got to thrust the kid back into action. It, it was just an all, it was a very disgusting taste it left in the mouth from the matchup. Pow, right in the kisser. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, it, it just was bad. And, and, you know, like you can look at it and, and we're going to talk about this, you know, three and three. It, it feels worse than three and three. No, and one of the reasons the end of the world. Well, it's not, but at the same time, one of the reasons that it feels a lot worse than three and three is when you look at how they got to three and three. Oh, right. The teams they've beaten, you know, you're talking about bottom of the barrel. You're talking about a combined record of what, three and 15? The Panthers are 0 and 6. The Patriots are 1 and 5. The Titans are 2 and 4. 
I'm pretty sure that is the lowest winning percentage in terms of teams beaten for any team three and three or better. And you know the it's so it, it is a lot worse than it sounds at three and three. And you should the the worst part is you should be at minimum four and two. There's you know prob- that Bucks game they were never in, but they right. they should have won this game. I mean the, you, you talked about the interception. I tweeted at one point, you know the Saints should have been up 10-0 in that game. Seriously. Like, a game they lost, 20-13. to 13, They should have been ahead 10-0 if Blake Groupie makes that 52-yarder, which is well within his range. I don't know what the heck was up with him in that game. I don't know if maybe he was reading too much of his own press clippings of the NFC South player. I'm sorry, the NFC yep. Special Teams Player of the Week thing. But, man, what happened? 52 indoors? That's, that's money. I don't think I've seen him miss a kick in preseason or a game. But that 29 yarder is definitely you can't. Yeah, that that makes no sense. Like that's just, that's literally that's short of an extra point. That's a chip <laughs> shot. Someone put out there it's the the shortest field goal missed this season in the NFL. I believe it because even an extra point would be longer than that, right? So yeah, and, and he just hooked it. I don't know what the heck. It, I, I I haven't looked at the at the play itself to see if maybe the operation went wrong somehow. But yeah, that's that's not good, and that, that can't be a thing. Like that can't be a thing. And I think, and I don't think you're you're questioning your decision yet. But you know, in my stock down column, <laughs> he's in there because, but, like you just mentioned, though he is coming off just being special teams player of the week, and it's like, damn it. Yeah, he makes two fifty yarders outdoors, and you're like, man, this kid is clutch. He can do it. And then he go indoors. And I mean, if he makes those kicks, you know, obviously you don't want to be in a situation where you're relying on your kicker to make five field goals in a game. Right. That's not who you want to be as an offense, but I'd still like that to be an option. I'd like, right. I mean, like, it's not like, it's not like if it's windy, if it's the conditions suck, like I watched Tyler Bass miss a couple of kicks that's outdoors in Buffalo, right? That's wind. This is not that you should trust this guy to make those field goals. And if he does, then that drive at the end of the game, you know, it's a, it's a go ahead field goal. And instead, you you got what you got. So that was in he was in my stock down column after the game. Um, you know, there, there was a few other few other players in that stock down category. We talked about one guy in particular, and it's Marshawn Lattimore. And I, you know, we we were kind of going through this, and I thought it was interesting because you know you brought this up. It's like, well, why does he struggle in these matchups against no name receivers? And I think it's interesting this week because one of the elements of what's happening here is that people are kind of in real time figuring out that Nico Collins is like legit good. Like that's a, like, I, I saw a lot of people being like, Oh, he struggles against scrub receivers. Like, no, 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 no. This guy's on pace for like 1500 yards. <laughs> Nico Collins is legit. That that said, you, you, you want Marshawn to win that matchup. He should win that matchup. And he did in the second half, the defense came out flat, whatever they want to say, they came out flat. Marshawn got beat multiple times. And we had at least one penalty. Um, they locked down in the second half and you needed your offense to do something. They got the ball five separate times in the second half down by a touchdown. Five separate times. You know how many of those possessions they scored on? Zero. They drove into the red zone three times. They did not get a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, just to go back to Marshawn, like, like we were talking about this, Nico Collins has multiple games this year with like seven catches, 160 yards. He had four catches for 80 yards in that game. Not exactly a huge game, but still, you know, a lot more yards than you would expect in a matchup with a guy like Marshawn Lattimore. So, you know, it's probably unfair to expect him to lock down completely in every matchup. 
but it's just feels more and more like that's the way you're going to win games this year. And it's the only way you're going to win games. And until if, until this offense can emphasis on can, cause I think it still can get itself sorted out. And, and cause they, they move the ball, they had over 400 yards. It is weird. It kind of reminds you of that 49ers game last year where it's like, you move the ball between the twenties, but it seemed like the closer you got to the end zone, the further away you actually were right. The less likely it was, you were going to score the closer you got. And gosh, I understand the frustration. I do. It's, 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 it's rough. Uh, another game we, we've asked about it before. Where are you? Jimmy Graham definitely in, you know, a no sighting at all. I was even what it was he active even in the game. He was there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right. It's if, if Juwan Johnson was healthy, I would say Jimmy Graham should be inactive because I just don't see like, would you not have benefited from an extra lineman? Maybe could have been, could have been. Just saying so that Cesar Ruiz is not your emergency right tackle because that was not the plan. I asked Dennis Allen about that today, whether, you know, they, they had went in with a, you know, because Landon Young was out. So, you know, was he going to be your right tackle if Ryan Ramchek went down? Because you always have contingencies, at least for the starters. Like, okay, if this guy goes down for a play, who's replacing him? Cesar Ruiz was not the guy. Uh, I don't know who it was specifically. But I imagine it might have been James Hurst. Maybe James Hurst would have kicked across the line if they needed him to. Um, nope, not happening because James Hurst went down. Trevor Penning had to go in. And so Cesar Ruiz, a guy who I, I'm interested to talk to him later in the week because I'm, I'm just curious if he's ever played right tackle before because he was a center. He's an interior lineman. Like, what is that? Didn't have a, have a lot of questions, though, even with this week, obviously. Short week and with all the, the, the concerns with injuries, we, we haven't gone down the list yet, right? We have not. We'll go into that in the second segment. Okay, okay. But yeah, and and you know, one of the things that Dennis Allen said post game, and we heard this from multiple players, multiple sources. Like heads are going to roll of if things don't get sorted out. And I think this week specifically is very important because you're gonna, you know, it's not a buy, but it's a lot easier to make changes when you have a few extra days to implement them and you can kind of make some decisions and sit and mull and then get back to it. And the saints have 10 days off in between week seven and week eight, they're going and facing the Colts. And if you're going to make some changes, that's when you'd make it. If you're going to make play caller changes, hint, hint, uh, that's when I think you would make it. Cause you're not going to wait until the buy. If you feel like this is something that has to happen. The Panthers made a play caller change today. They're zero and six. They're having a great time with uh, Bryce young and Frank Reich over there. But, you know, this is Offensive what DA mastermind, Frank Reich. Right. They, they could have had Derek Carr. <laughs> they're, they're this close. <laughs> um, but this uh, is what uh, De- Dennis Allen had to say uh, about, you know, just do your job. You know, we, we have to, you know, I told the team in there, like, we, we, we've got we've to do a better job of, you know, executing our jobs and, you know, if, if we're not executing our jobs and we need to find somebody else that can execute those jobs, doesn't matter who you are. And he said today, you know, that's not just players like that's coaches too. And, you know, that's the thing. And, and we, and we can, we've talked plenty about play calling, you know, is it, is it good? Probably not. Is it the biggest issue with this team? Probably not. I mean, when I can criticize the coaching, like it's easy to just look at the play calling and be like, well, that, if that was better, this would have worked. If you're not executing the plays correctly, they're not going to work. Plain and simple. And, you know, we were talking to Deuce about this 
earlier today. It's like, there's just these, these issues that crop up that don't make sense. And so when I criticize the coaching, I'm looking at what's happening, happening during the week. Why is he not seem to know what route he's supposed to be running? Right. That's had, happened multiple times. It happened with Mike Thomas on a play and Derek Carr. I don't know. Was he mad? He just chucked the ball into the dirt for the most obvious grounding penalty ever. I, you know, it was almost not grounding because he wasn't facing any pressure. There was no one. He just was like, screw it, play over. And I'm like, what? And like, these right. are the things that just don't make sense. People don't seem comfortable with the play calls. They don't seem ready. They don't seem to understand what's supposed to be happening. And to me, that is the issue. That is the problem. They keep talking about execution and, and like, I know it's a broken record, but like, that's the problem. They're telling you what the problem is. And the issue, the part that people don't seem to get to because they're too worried about, well, this play call and this play call is why is it not improving? Why is the execution not getting better? You should not be having this type of miscommunications in week six. Right. And, 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 and to me, that's the part where it's like, I don't necessarily need a play caller change, but I need something to change. I need the coaching to get better. I need the players to execute. And right now, that's that's the problem. It's like when you one of the reasons they can't score in the red zone is because everything is so tight in the red zone. Everything has to be on point in the red zone. And so little has been on point with this offense. Like you can execute between the 20s, but once they get down there and they're going to send some pressure and you have to just be on your keys and get the ball out and get it to the right place at the right time. And that guy has to be ready and and running the right route at the right depth that's where everything bogs down and to me that is the you know mission critical issue for this team right now because you're going to lose a lot of games in the NFL if you can't be perfect on your assignment it's just the fact sloppy teams lose games and the Saints are a sloppy team yeah and we heard from you know Camara post game we heard Michael Thomas those guys aren't pointing fingers at you know play calling or the coaching staff they're saying directly this is on us and, you know, Camara was really uh, strong with some words saying, you know, everybody obviously needs to take that kind of look in the mirror kind of thing right now. And are you are you sacrificing enough uh, to be at that level where this team needs you kind of thing? It's just, you know, you heard both of those guys. Obviously, you feel that frustration when they're speaking. I'm echoing it. I'm going to piggyback off Mike. I mean, we got to find a way to execute, man. I, and me personally, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just hope everybody believes. Is it as simple as coming down to execution? Um, yeah, it's kind of simple. It's like, it's just you got, you got to go out there and 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 run the plays that are called and 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 do it to perfection. You can't be one half off or one step off or one route off, or you can't do it. I can't be one read off. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough when stuff like that happens. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Alvin, I, I wouldn't say had a good game, and I don't think he necessarily executed the way he needed to either. And that's like, you know, I talked about this last week, and I was worried that this might happen in the sense that like a shutout is great. It's fun. Everyone, it feels like it's a step in the right direction, but we saw that happen last year. The Saints went out and beat the Raiders 24 to nothing and then showed up the next week and laid a dud, right? And that's exactly what happened this week. And Derek Carr alluded to it in his post game. It was like, did you do the work that you needed to do or did you have a bit too much fun this week? And I think, you know, it's like that attention to detail, you can't fake it. You can't just show up and expect to win an NFL game. And, uh, you know, here, here's what Derek had to say on, you know, just you know, the coaching staff and, and how he kind of approached it. I never will blame a coach because they're not the ones standing on the field. You know, I've always, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, I've always been like, I don't care what play you call. We should be able to execute something, you know, and obviously we know things happen, right? But, you know, they have a good call or whatever, but I've always felt like, man, like let's, I don't like that mentality of pointing a finger. You know, I don't like that mentality at all. I, I always felt like, um, you know, if you call something, I'm going to do my best to make that happen, no matter the situation, no matter what, you know, whether I agree or disagree. I am human. I do have those feelings. I, I'm just going to do my best to execute. Do you have a lot of input in what you're all doing? Uh, yeah, he always, I mean, they always listen to any ideas that I have. Um, you know, I'm not sitting up there putting a the whole game plan together. You know, that's, I don't overstep, you know, and do do those things. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of plays that, you know, uh, yesterday that Pete was, you know, calling, you know, that uh, were an idea or thought that I had or RC had or, you know, DJ had or, anybody. you know, he listens and takes input from everybody. I am, you know, Ole, my you know, old coach, you know, he used to say it's not about who's right, it's about what's right. You know, like who cares who's right in the room? Like, let's just do what's right. And so Pete's always been that way uh, since I got here. You know, he, if it's a good idea and it makes sense based on the film and it makes sense based on the scheme that we're playing and what we do, then he'll do it. So, um, you know, I think everyone, including myself, Pete's always listened to us. It's been good. You can call different plays. If you don't run them correctly, if you don't execute them correctly, it doesn't really matter. And like you can change the play caller. It's not or if you do not execute the plays. Um, and and I, I'm not against changing the play caller. I think that at a certain point, a change is good just to refocus and to just settle everything down. And and I think you see the loss of confidence in real time. You, you, know, you get the ball back for the sixth time in the second half and you have not been able to get into the end zone once. And it's like, they're not getting in. They're not getting in. We know this. They're going to send pressure and the Saints are not going to be able to adjust. That's all they did. That's all the Texans did on that final drive is they sent zero blitz. They can't run the ball efficiently. They can't can't pound anybody when they need to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they tried. I don't think the Saints did enough in the run game to say that they couldn't run it. Right? I just don't think they got to it. I think that they they got flustered (laughs) because – they got mistakes after mistakes, and then and then they just and Derek Carr threw the ball fifty times in a game that you know it's not like they were down. They were down a score. They could have ran the ball in the second half. They didn't. We've just seen the yards per carry. Obviously, it doesn't matter who it is. Even you know it's like oh, it's different with Kamara. He he wasn't getting away from the pack either the, the you know not getting enough lanes open with that O line. I don't know. Kendra Miller's not even getting enough attempts in my opinion or touches with the ball and yeah, n- not enough 
Taysom pounding the, the rock either. Uh, the the lack Thought of a run game, the, the lack of a run game the uh, against the Texans was definitely frustrating. Even the, the lack of committing to it, I guess. Yeah, and I think uh, when James Hurst went down, everything kind of went haywire. Uh, and we'll we'll get into more about that. But yeah, it just it didn't seem like there was there was much uh, confidence in the in the run game, and there definitely wasn't later. Right. I see. The, sorry, I see Eugene Sutherland saying kind of thing. Damn it, drink. <laughs> yeah, just don't turn that into a drinking game. It'll be dangerous. What What's frustrating is. And and I, people have said this, and, and they're right. You know, how many times are we going to hear the same thing, right? How many games are going to finish where you're like, oh, we just didn't execute? We're like, yeah, well, we know, of, of course, like no shit, you didn't execute. Why didn't you execute? What is going on with this team where this is acceptable? Where 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 you can have the same mistakes and you can get a month and a half into the season and it looks like your wide receiver, like Rashid Shahid. You're going to see the stat. You're going to see the touchdown. You're going to see the big play. And you're going to be like, he must have had a good game. He had a terrible game. He was constantly doing the wrong thing. I don't know what was with him in terms of, in terms of the play call. That dog made you out. jump. Uh, ah, yeah, there's a loud bark. But I think she thinks I'm talking to her. I think that's <laughs> um, she's got something to say about the Saints too, I'm sure. Yeah, she didn't have a good time watching that game. But like that was that was a problem. It just kept repeatedly. You just saw like they did not seem like they were on. There was one point he was running, running a wheel route. Derek Carr thought he was going to do something else. That last drive, it looked like Derek Carr had him and he just ran the wrong route. So I don't know. Like Rashid, I think, is a good example of someone who's always working, always wants to do the right thing. He needs to be coached. And I just don't think that type of coaching is happening right now. So there's some kind of disconnect in the wide receiver room? I don't know, but Chris Olave has seemed very disinterested. To do with that what you will. I mean, like, yeah, I don't see the consistent attention to detail from him. You know, there was multiple situations where he was just not at the right depth on his routes. You know, we we saw in the Bucks game that they just did not see him. He even admitted that he let the situation get to him and his attitude needed to be readjusted, you know, and, and I just don't, I don't know, like, where does that come from? Like, cause I didn't see that last year, at least not noticeably. And suddenly now that there's all these weapons and a quarterback you should have faith in now, this is cropping up. I, I just don't know. I, well, we could, we can move on, but um, it's Man, just, that's I'm, the I'm, part that frustrates me again. And like, people think I'm, I'm just here to defend Pete Carmichael. And it's just like, no, I think there's bigger issues than the play calling. That's all I'm saying. No. And I, I tend to side with the leaders on this team. The guys saying, you know, every they hear it obviously. And they want you to know the fans to know me to know, you know, it's, it's not the coaching staff right now. These, the players, they have to get it right and get it done on the field uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. That hasn't been happening. And like you said, how many times are we going to see it? Well, we just got to execute the game plan. Everybody, nobody wants to hear that post game anymore. Correct. And you know, one other thing that we'll get into before we move on, there's a video circulating and I'm sure you've seen it of Derek Carr coming off the field. Right. I don't know if it was the last possession. I think it might have been the second to last possession, the one that ended on fourth. Uh, they got stopped on fourth fourth down with that kind of check down to Camara, which didn't look right. Like something didn't add up there. I don't, I don't know what was going on. But he kind of came off the field and he was just livid at uh, in the direction of Pete Carmichael. I don't know what he was saying. The video did not have sound, but he was asked about that today, and this is what he had to say. 
to Pete actually on the airplane said I wasn't I was talking to Pete but I wasn't talking about Pete um, uh, Pete and I know exactly what I was talking about um, and why and um, you know when the, when the game's on the line you know that's when you have to be on every detail of your assignment and I was a little upset at some of those things and so it had nothing had nothing to do with Pete he just happened to be the one that walked up when I was a little, a little angry yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume what Derek was saying, but I think everyone's nerves are frayed a little bit when yeah. you think you have a game plan, you think everyone's on the same page, and then suddenly that guy's not running the right route. I can't throw to him. He's not there, and like you don't see a veteran quarterback get flustered and throw the ball into the dirt because his receiver's not where he's supposed to be. That's not. That's not what's supposed to happen. Um, and so, yeah, that's got to, you know, that's got to change. You got four days. The best thing that happened to the saints is there's a game, you know, in 72 hours. <laughs> I, it was just a weird feeling all the way around the team. Just everything was off. Everything was off. Um, and especially I'll go to the, even the defense early on, obviously they were, they were able to tighten the ship later on in the game, but man, like I said, everything, was just off just a tiny bit everywhere in this game, and it, it bit them in the ass. They came out flat. Like the defense came out flat. I know that. I actually think they did execute when they needed to. They came out flat. They got run over uh, in that first half. I think it was about ninety yards rushing. Devin Singletary. I don't know if they tackled him the entire first half. I mean, he averaged what eight yards a carry. It just didn't work. And so you know, it, the, when when you see stuff like that happening, it's immediately like, well, this game's over. Because I know the def- this, the offense is not putting up the points, and they like the defense figured it out. They came out with more energy in the second half. It was too little, too late. Seventeen points was enough to win the game, and that's what they got in the first half before the defense was able to figure it out. So yeah, this you know again, it's like three and three. It's not the end of the world. There's plenty of time. The NFC South is right there, and we feel like we've been saying that for two years. That, no, that's for sure. At least everybody lost too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm tired of it. I'm not I, like I I'm not going it, doing another year where every time they lose and be like, oh, but the silver lining is they can win the division at eight and nine. I'm not doing that again. Then then the Saints shouldn't feel like that's even in their what you don't want to sneak in and get you want to get sneak in and get blown out in one game. Well, no, I mean it's like you like you can't. That's not going to fly this year. You're not getting that. You know, last year, first year under Dennis Allen, I think there was a lot of headwind that you had to navigate. Um, and so you're like, man, even just a playoff appearance with this crappy season would be a victory. That can't be the tone that struck this year. And I don't think it is, you know, to, to Dennis Allen's credit, he is getting, he is getting to that point where it's like, no, 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 no. You know, like, like we'll talk about this. He benched Trevor Penning and you can say, you don't just, dis- you disagree with the decision. I at least agree with the decision to be decisive. <laughs> the decision to decide. <laughs> yeah. I, at least I'm glad he decided something. Anyway, I get it. It's like he had the nuts to make a move. Just then do it. Stick with it. Exactly. Right. And it's like if they did that, if they made more decisions like that, I think this team would be better off. Anyway, let's wrap up this thing. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the injury report that came out today. A lot of big names on it. Two big name defensive players that I didn't expect to see are on there. So we're getting to that. Saints face the Jaguars on Thursday night football. There's not a lot of time to uh, really even go back and think about what just happened on Sunday. It's probably for the best. But all right, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're going to be right back, get into the injury report, then a live mailbag. Stick around. Stick around.